Welcome to We Got This Covered's Cinemaholics, the weekly movie review talk show where John Negroni and Will Ashton discuss the biggest and best films coming to theaters. So sit back, relax, and pour one out for the two and only Cinemaholics. Hello and welcome to another episode of We Got This Covered's Cinemaholics. I'm John Negroni, your co-host, and with me from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Will Ashton. Howdy. And this is our second episode. We made it to number two. I'm proud of us. Yeah, I'm glad we can keep doing it. You were the one who said there was no way we would make it to a second episode. and I said that? You said it, well, you implied it when you said, <laughs> specifically, I don't think we will have more than one episode. Oh, man, you're putting words in my mouth, John. Well, maybe I'm just paraphrasing. That's one characterization. <laughs> yeah, fair so, enough. So if this is your first first time you've listened to Cinemaholics, you know, we had we had a fun debut last week. I feel like people jumped in. They gave us a shot. And uh, I think we're going to have some some of the same folks coming over. If But if this is your first time, you don't know what Cinemaholics is all about. We are a movie review talk show, which is what was already announced. But our whole deal is that we uh, actually, you know what? Rather than explain what Cinemaholics is, I actually want to read an email from somebody who kind of summed it up better than I did last week. And yeah, fans. What, great. We got a lot of really good emails. I, I think I only shared oh, nice. one with you, Will. Yeah, it's true. I only heard one, so I figured we only had one. Right. No, we had more than one. Uh, we had like one like the first day, and then I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, if you want to mm-hmm. email us your feedback on this on the show, on this episode, uh, you can email us at cinemaholicspodcast at gmail.com. Or just check the show notes and the emails right there if you don't want to remember it, and which is understandable. I should also say, of course, that we are going to be talking about a few movies. We're going to do a show and tell segment, which is going to include uh, some movie news, some things, the latest that's been going on. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know, we're the official podcast of We Got This Covered. Check out wegotthiscovered.com for a lot of what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, a lot of the news stories, and we're not going to go too much into detail, but we'll link to that stuff if you want to dig yeah. in, depending on what it is. If some you, big stuff, too. Yeah, lots of big stuff happened this week. Kind of crazy. We'll, we'll, we'll mm-hmm. cover some of it. And if you want to jump around a little bit, or if you want to go straight to our reviews, which are later in the episode, we're going to be reviewing Logan, the latest X-Men film starring Hugh Jackman, although I, would, I guess you should say X-Men in quotes, and uh, or maybe not. Because- X-Men. X-Man, thank you. And The Great Wall, we're going to be talking about as well. And we'll finish things out with Fist Fight. So we'll be reviewing those three. Will it end with a fight? Tune that's in what versus... I'm wondering. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a feeling we're not going to be as agreeable this week. I hope that's the case. Hmm. And then uh, finally, if you, again, like I was alluding to, if you want to jump around, just check out the thumbnail. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can sort of see the timestamps and go where you want to go. Or you can go to the show notes and just see specifically where we talked about certain things. Pretty easy. And uh, enjoy the show. Let's start with this email. Uh, we got an email yeah. from Jamie from Boulder. And this this was my favorite. Uh, it was really, really cool to hear. And we got a lot of positives. We didn't get a single negative email, which Yay! I'm going to enjoy that while it lasts. Because, yeah, yeah I'm not expecting that ever again. Oh. But yeah, this is what uh, Jamie from Boulder, I believe Colorado, uh, has to say about the podcast. Hello, Cinemaholics podcast. Congratulations on your first episode, which I found to be a great addition to my weekly podcast list. I yeah. love the concept of bringing fans and critics together into a new category, and I'm happy to say I identify with the idea of being a cinemaholic. I watch Ooh. films voraciously, much to my husband's dismay at times, but I've always found myself in the middle between film critic and fan girl. 
Both are mm-hmm. fine, but I resonated with what John and Will talked about regarding filmgoers who simply love the art form and will engage anything, be it a dumb romantic comedy or a thrilling indie foreign film. Consider me one of the first of hopefully many cinemaholics and subscribers as your show moves forward. That was Jamie from Boulder. Jamie, thank you so much. Yeah, sincerely. That was a really good email. I know. It was really well written and mm-hmm. uh, teared up a little bit. You can't see uh, that. Thank goodness. The podcast <laughs> hides your tears. Yeah, that's why we chose to do this in audio form. Yeah. Uh, don't forget, if you want to check Among out last week's reasons. episode, we talked about... Uh, what did we talk about last week? I've already forgotten. Well, we talked about John Wick Chapter 2 and That's the Lego right. Batman movie and a couple other things in show and tell, but that was the main gist of it, I believe. Right. Well, we talked about Cure for Wellness. That film oh, yeah, that's right. technically came out this weekend that you checked yeah. out and you gave a, more of a review. And we're going to yeah. talk. And I think this week on show and tell, we're going to be reviewing one or two things real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. A new CBS show on their new CBS All Access and Crashing. On, uh, which is HBO. an hbo show yeah a lot of stuff coming out are you going to be checking out big little lies by the way asking Kim i Brady. do plan to check it out i just don't know if i'm going to read the book first or if i'm just going to jump into the show because i was debating that for like the last couple months and then i didn't realize it started this month i thought it was actually starting in march so well would you I I had... read the whole book before jumping into like the entire book before watching a single episode i don't know because that's the main thing is that i don't know if i should do that or if i should just watch the show and then read the book maybe some fans could tell me if they've read the book if i should jump into the show first or read the book because i'm really in the middle i want to watch the show but i also want to read the book so i don't know which one to do first fair enough let's get started then with show and tell i think the first thing we're going to talk about and this is something that would definitely i think batman and ben affleck really took up the news this week so we thought it would be prudent to bring up just kind of everything that's going on with that uh well hang on batman's in the news again yeah, believe it or not. I mean, we, we couldn't go a single week. I mean, last week was yeah. all about Lego Batman this week. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff happened. First, the uh, the rumor came out that Ben Affleck doesn't want to be Batman anymore. Uh, this was right. something that I don't I still believe isn't 100 percent confirmed. I, I I think it's it's dubious at best. What's yeah. going on there? Any any legitimate source I saw pretty much said it was a rumor. So. Well, we do know that Batman, or sorry, I'm already calling him Batman. We do know that Ben Affleck is departing <laughs> the director's chair, but, uh, Batfleck. Batfleck himself. But just, uh, actually just a day before we started recording today, uh, mm-hmm. Matt Reeves, who they had already were looking at him to be the new director and not, not just of this new, the Batman movie, but they were looking at him to do a lot of DC projects. And he, Matt, Matt Reeves was the guy. I mean, he, everyone was really excited about it, but, uh, I'm yeah. just looking at this, this article. We'll link to it in the show notes from, uh, we got this covered.com's, uh, news section. Uh, basically the Hollywood reporter broke that. Matt Reeves is already leaving. So he's exiting he's the Batman. Out. He's gone. And the weirdest thing about this is he didn't give a single reason. THR was saying that uh, heads are apparently still cooling before we're going to get a statement. Yeah. So they're sort of implying that something went down and there's just basically more drama. That's all this comes down to. Yeah. I guess he really wanted Mr. Freeze to be the centerpiece. And they're like, we can't do that. It's the Batman. And he's like, I'm out. He's like, I can't deal with this. He's like, I thought I was going to play Batman. Unfortunately, that's not the case. Or fortunately, depending on how you look at that. Well, I like Matt Reeves a lot. I mean, I think he's really good at the... Well, let's see. He did the last... Or he's going to do this new Planet of the Apes. He did the last one. He did Let Me In, which I don't think gets as much credit as it deserves, which is, I think, a really good movie. I mean, yeah, it is a 
remake of a film that didn't really need a remake, but I thought he did a really good job with that film. That's, and that, that's funny that you mentioned that too, because you know, I <laughs> this was before you know Chloe Grace Moretz started to mm-hmm. scatter, you know, a bit, or her career started to like. What do you mean by scatter exactly? I'm trying to find a better word for it. I think I meant to say shattered, but that's not quite the right word either. It just feels like she's in a bad shattered. Path. Right, like when was the last time we saw Chloe Grace Moretz in a really uh, Neighbors good Two film? I, well, that yeah, I, guess. Uh, I did. I did skip Neighbors Two. Uh, I did think she was all right as a supporting character in Clouds of Sils Maria, but yeah, uh, she was good. Though. So okay, maybe I'm, maybe uh, that's a little bit more behind the scenes drama that I'm. Well, yeah, I mean, she's not like 2010 popular, but I don't think it's like shattered. Right, right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, moving on. There was a new trailer that came out this week that we're a bit divided on because I literally I send the trailer <laughs> to Will Ashton and I'm like, Will, you got to see this hilarious Will Ferrell, Amy Poehler, underground casino in their house. Hilarious. I sent him the trailer and Will, what was your what was your reaction? Well, just to be honest, I well, I actually saw the trailer, I think the day before you sent it to me because you sent it to me like Thursday or something or was it Friday? Um, I definitely sent it to you at least a day after it dropped. Yeah, I remember seeing it the day it dropped, and I watched the trailer, and just the whole time I was just like, things are happening, <laughs> there's definitely jokes, but I just have no reaction to anything that's going on. <sighs> like, it's not that it looks bad per se, I just don't get anything from it. That's the worst thing you could possibly say, I think. Man, because you laughed your behind off watching this thing, apparently. Uh, no, okay, I laughed heartily. Uh, I think is what I told you. And I, I don't know. I just think it looks pretty funny. I, I, you okay. made a scene watching this trailer <laughs> in the theater, I'm guessing, or at your house. I, I watched it. No, I watched it on YouTube. And uh, if okay. you're interested and you want some context, on what, this is the house. Uh, it also stars Jason Manzukis. And yeah, uh, we'll link to it in the show notes. He looks, I, I think the, the, the film looks really promising. I, I just really want a good comedy. I mean, I like the cast. There's also Nick Kroll. And was that Supergirl? I could not tell if that was Supergirl. Watching it looks it like Melissa Benoist, but I got to tell you, I don't believe that that's her. I think yeah, that's a, I think I that's a lookalike. For yeah, sure. it, it looked like her. The fir- like the first shot was like, oh, that's her. And then as I saw more of the trailer, like, I don't think that's her. But then I could never really decide. I forgot to look it up. So, yeah. Cedric Yarbrough is in this too, by the way, which I just really want to, you know. Nick Kroll? It, uh, I honestly, I don't remember seeing Nick Kroll in this one. Um, I'll take your word then, for it. I, I, uh, do, I do know that, uh, that Cedric Yarbrough from Reno 911, though, is. And I'm oh, yeah, 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 he is. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, one, of my, one of my favorite comedians is in this, and that, that has something to do with it. Sebastian Maniscalco. You seen any of his work before? Uh, maybe. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna have to have a little YouTube session after the the Which show's is, over. He's a comedian, or he just uh... he's a, he's a comedian. Uh, he's one of my favorite comedians in the business. We'll talk about it. It's a little off topic. Yeah, if I saw his face, maybe I recognize him, but the names not you know I'm I'm not getting a face to a name right now. No worries, no worries. Uh, well, I have a question for you. Have yeah. you ever seen Have you ever seen The Good Wife? No. Had never seen it. I had never seen that show either, right? It, it's a show that has gotten critical acclaim. Good start. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> obviously. Uh, it, a, lot of, a lot of people love The Good Wife. And uh, it's funny because it's, it's having a spinoff 
called yeah. The Good Fight, which premieres a day from when we're recording. Mm-hmm. And I I just finished reviewing it for we got this covered. And I would I would I just I just want to say I've never seen The Good Wife. And I was a little skeptical. I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be that reviewer who's coming at this blind almost. And you know, I did a little bit of research into what the show was about. It was one of those shows that I think is like a cultural thing that I just never I just missed the train on it. Apparently you did as sure. well. Uh, and I just want to say this, this show is coming out and this, this is the cast. I'll just point out and it, it features characters or a few characters, I believe from the good wife, uh, Christine Baranski, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, who is Diane Lockhart. And, uh, this, this also stars Rose Leslie, who, uh, you guys may know she's the Scottish actress from game of Thrones and mm-hmm. she played Egrit. And a lot, lots of other people in the cast that I'll get to, especially Kush Jumbo. She's extraordinary, but that's aside the point right now. The Good Fight is basically like a law firm drama that's coming out on CBS's all access streaming network. So it's not going to be on CBS. I sh- it's not going to be on CBS. It's going to be on their, their Netflix, basically. Yeah. And you can tell because when you're watching the show, you know, definitely has more of an edge to it than any network law drama you're gonna see yeah plenty of like, language uh, okay uh like r-rated or like pg-13-ish i'd say that it's it's on that it's straddling the line between that okay. and r probably is gonna it's a bit more homeland than you would probably expect okay i and, was thinking like a pg-15 like daredevil is kind of like it's they don't really swear as much but they have like some pretty hardcore violence at there's, times there's, there's a bit more swearing than i'd say okay. something like daredevil sure so backwards and i just wanted you know i almost didn't wasn't going to even bring up the show except that I really like it. <laughs> and okay. just just pointing it out there, just putting it out there that I really enjoy the show. And uh, the synopsis is it picks up a year after the events of The Good Wife, the final episode. And there's an enormous financial scam that happens right before the show starts. And it destroys the reputation of a young, royal, young lawyer named Maya, who's played by Rose Leslie. Mm-hmm. And her mentor, who is Christine Baranski's character, she basically loses her fortune. And they basically team up with this uh, this law firm in Chicago to basically pick fights with like big companies. And it, from there, it's like a, any sort of legal drama. But one of the reasons it kind of stuck out to me, because that premise doesn't sound that interesting to... I yeah, guess. it sounds okay. It, it, I guess to somebody like me who's, you know, I like the show Suits. This is not Suits. This is definitely not quite as heightened. It's dresses. Yeah. Well, it's actually, that's pretty fair because unlike Suits, this is a very like female centric cast. Nice. And, and it, in the best way possible too, because yeah. I couldn't decide who my favorite character was. Rose Leslie is a star. I, I really want her to blow up through projects like this. I, I cannot wait oh rose leslie yeah she's great i cannot wait for her to get her due she's she's been in a few projects uh after game of thrones and she's been yeah. in a couple of movies but do you see honeymoon i've seen uh yes uh that's the one i don't i forget his name but uh yeah that one came out not that long ago didn't it that movie is freaky and i mean that in a good way and she's great. I mean, she's yeah, she was amazing. Such a good actress in it, and I really want to see her in you know not Vin Diesel B rate action movies. So, really looking forward to that. And what was uh, she was she in Triple X or was she what was she in those? She in, was in the in last Vin Witch Hunter lineup. Oh yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. She was in that movie. <laughs> she was in that. I movie forgot I all about forgot. that. <laughs> all I remember is Michael Caine just like being like 
don't you go witch hunting. That's a terrible Michael Caine impression, but hello, hello, I'm Michael Caine. Um, so anyway, that's the good fight. It's going to be on CBS All Access. By the time you're listening to this, I uh, highly recommend. And with that, we have a couple more things to get to. Yeah. We're just One more question along. about it, actually. Yeah. I, was gonna, I was just going to, is it comparable to Better Call Saul to like Breaking Bad? You know what? I, I can't answer that question because I've never seen. I, just based on what people have told me about The Good Wife, that okay. being a great show, I would I would say yes. And, and I mean, I don't know how it's going to play with people who already have that baggage of The Good Wife, and maybe this is going. Maybe it's too similar to that show. I don't, I wouldn't know, but uh, I hope it is because I really enjoyed it uh, in a similar way that I believe a lot of people really enjoy Better Call Saul as a spinoff because yeah. it's, it's you know it is that is very different from Breaking Bad. But it still has that tone, that style, that uh, I guess you shouldn't say style. Actually, it, it it sort of has like the same like effort put into it that makes Breaking yeah. Bad such a great show. Well, yeah, because Breaking Bad's very high energy, and Better Call Saul is a, not low energy, but it's a little more uh, tempered. I guess it would be the word to describe it. But it does, it definitely is from the same filmmakers, and it has that same energy or that same style at least. And so, yeah, I mean, I like both shows a lot. But I was wondering, I was wondering if that is a good comparison. All right, well, moving on, there there was another piece of news I wanted to get to. I, I wanted to get your take on it especially because last year a movie came out that we definitely both disagreed on, and not in a very aggressive way, but I do remember it was a point of contention for a while between you and me, and that was Suicide Squad. Uh, Suicide Squad 2 is coming out. Uh, that's been greenlit, which makes sense. I mean, the movie made a huge pile of money, and it features characters that even the harshest critics found pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe I, I believe you had one or two nice things to say about at least Harley Quinn and Deadshot. Yeah, perhaps. I, yeah, like those two, and I like Jai Courtney. Sure, sure. I, I thought he gave a rare good performance. Rare. <laughs> that that I I have actually enjoyed Jai Courtney more in Suicide Squad than I believe in any other film. Uh, yeah. It almost almost starts to make me forget about that just his atrocious performance in the Divergent movies. But anyway, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> did, those movies had a lot of problems on their own without jai courtney but yeah he's not he's not making things any better at that point very true so. very true well uh david air you know he of course did the first suicide squad and we learned this week that uh you know he's, he doesn't have time to do suicide squad too so it's no surprise that warner brothers is reportedly looking into other directors to take it on especially uh, david air i should mention is also working on uh the the uh the spin-off the gotham city sirens movie which yeah. wouldn't would you know include margot robbie and mm-hmm. uh a host of other batman characters like catwoman and poison ivy so if there's going to be a suicide squad too which apparently there's going to be it looks like they're looking into other directors and we learned a rumor this week that mel gibson is being looked at for the role. Now, Will Ashton, you were somebody who was, you were very critical of Suicide Squad. You definitely didn't like the movie and you're not alone. So how do, how do you take this news? How do you take the news that Hacksaw Ridge's own director is, is giving this one a shot perhaps? Well, I look at it like this. I think Mel Gibson proved at least with Hacksaw Ridge that he is a really good action director. I think the scenes that work really well in Hacksaw Ridge are the ones where you're on the battlefield and it's very intense and you're just in that moment and you're just trying to get through that character's eyes into all these different scenarios where you're, you're not really allowed to think. You're just like in the moment, people are dying left and right. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he can bring that same intensity to Suicide Squad 2 just because the rating is going to be not quite as... Well, it'll definitely be PG-13. But I think overall, I mean, if we're just talking... A director for material, I think it's a pretty good fit. Now hold on, though. 
because okay. you're you're Hold you're, the phone. you're expressing skepticism that the what women want director Mel Gibson. Wait, no, he didn't direct. He didn't direct. Oh, women you're women. right. He just started it. Fine. Yeah, you're, that was Nancy Myers, right? <laughs> you are suggesting that someone who did not direct what women want, yeah, <laughs> is going to is going to have a hard time directing a non-rated R movie. And uh, that's probably valid. Well, he did make Passion of the Christ. Which, you know, R-rated. But I, I think probably... Super R-rated. In a, in, yeah, but it had to be. So I don't think that that's... Yeah, well, you know. is that kind of up for debate? Because some people think they go a little too far into torture porn territory uh, in that movie. Yeah, well, you know, th- okay, so if you're going to call it torture porn, though, when it is interwoven... I mean, I'm not saying that. Sword, I'm just saying that's an argument, but... Yeah. I, okay. Okay. I, <laughs> I I think that that's a, a rabbit hole. We don't have the time or energy. Yeah, to I was go gonna with. say. I didn't want, I realized when I said that, I'm like, this is gonna be a whole other discussion. This so. is gonna be a thing. That's all yeah. right. Um, I, I I understand where you're coming from, though. I I honestly, there are a few movies I think he's been a part of that didn't have that sort of edge. And you know, what if? But that's I, true. I wonder what if Suicide Squad two was rated R. What if that was allowed to happen this time? We have R-rated Logan, so why not? Yeah, I, I think the last one should have been R-rated. I, I think that it would have been... Yeah. I, I think it would have helped. <laughs> Anything would have helped that movie uh, be a bit better than it was. Yeah, I mean, I agree. All right, well, if you want to go more into detail with that, uh, we'll link to that article in the show notes as well. Moving on, though, before we jump into our Logan review, there was a show speaking coming out which, on... Say again? I said, speaking of which, because I just mentioned Logan. Yeah, exactly. Good segue. But before we uh, expand on your segue and actually make it pretty awesome, um, there's there's a show, Will, that you saw called Crashing on HBO. Uh, what is it about? When does it come out? What do you think? All right. So this is the new Pete Holmes show. And if you don't know, Pete Holmes is kind of big in the comic scene, but he's not really well. He's not a household name. He's he like, had... he's basically Mike Birbiglia. Sort of. Yeah, um, he. He had the P. Holmes show, which I think was on TBS, and he has a podcast, which I can't think of the name right now, but it's pretty popular. He's but probably he, best known for his speaking role in Ugly Americans. Oh, I didn't even know he was on that show. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's how I was introduced to him. Maybe Pete Holmes yeah. show. Is the Comedy Central show, Ugly Americans? Yeah, I believe that was on Comedy Central. Yeah. I never watched the show, so I can't say what. Any, I don't have any opinion on it. But anyway, yeah. So P. Holmes, this is his kind of his biggest project today, I'd I would say because it's an HBO dramedy that comes on right after girls and it's kind of his attempt to, I don't know if he's trying to get that same kind of notoriety, but he's definitely trying to make himself kind of this affable lead man. And it doesn't, I don't know. Cause with girls, like I know a lot of people have different opinions on it, but it has a very specific point of view and it's very self-aware about itself. And it's not really, I think risque for the sense of being, or for the it's not risque just to be risque i think it has a little more on its mind but i feel like with crashing which i saw like the first six episodes and i believe there's eight this season so i didn't get to see the last two but yeah it's a sh- it's um it's a show that's fine like it's it's well made it, judd apatow directed the pilot and it features pretty uh what would i say like P. Holmes, he's very aware of his brand, and his brand isn't really like Mike Birbiglia. It's not a showy thing. It's him just kind of bouncing off other comedians like Artie Lang and uh, T.J. Miller and Sarah Silverman and a couple other people that show up. 
and he plays it well. He plays it straight for the most part, and he's very loose and it's a very fun show. But at the same time, like I don't really see where it's going. Like I don't see an end goal for the show, and that might work in the long run. But I wouldn't be surprised if it just ended after this season because I don't know if he'll really find a weekly audience the same way that girls did. So okay, um, this is a thirty-minute comedy. I, I'm definitely going to check it out because I do like Pete Holmes and I've listened to his podcast. Uh, you made it weird. And That's it. It's pretty good. And he's, he, I think he's a comic, maybe not genius, but he's definitely one of the better comedians out there. And I want to see him do more projects like this. So yeah, this I'll was... support it, but you know, I have a feeling I, I have a feeling we're going to be pretty similar in opinion on this one. Sure. I mean, this is my introduction to him for the most part. Like I know the name and I heard this podcast once or twice, but this is my first time really seeing the face to the name and, it's a fine introduction. Like he did a good job, I think, but I just don't know if it's going to have the longevity that some of the HBO's others shows on right now have. So you're probably right. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'd give it like a B minus, maybe a. I almost gave it a B, but I gave it a B minus overall. And but I'm curious to see how it wraps up. All right, so we're looping in Matt Donato here. Am I saying that right, Matt? Yes, Matt you are. Matt Donato. Donato. That is correct. That's awesome. So if you guys, you probably know who Matt is. Matt is one of the top critics for We Got This Covered. And he is a fellow cinemaholic, we think. Uh, maybe, maybe we're going to find out, actually. That's probably closer. He is going to be put to the test. <laughs> exactly. I will do my best. I think I'll be able to hang, but we'll see. Uh, thanks for coming on, Matt, because uh, we really, we really are looking forward to talking to you because we're going to be talking about Logan, which you know hasn't come out yet, and you know I haven't seen it, but you and Will saw it. And I thought, okay, rather than have Will talk about it by himself, and then he cries after the podcast and sends me like angry, you know, messages like, "Why did you make me do that?" I just get Matt on the show, and ah, so, yeah, so calling him a heavy artillery. I see that <laughs> exactly. So. Uh, yeah, and so people can find your stuff on we got this com, obviously, and we'll link to your Twitter so people can say hey to you. On Indeed, too. yeah, yeah, and you can also find my stuff on Film Journal now a little bit, so branching out in a few ways. Awesome. You're, we'll put out your letterbox. We'll do all that stuff. Your MySpace link. Get my LinkedIn out there. Come on, man. It's, it's business days these days. Sure, sure. Uh, so you guys saw Logan. I'll I'll let you guys do most of the talking for obvious reasons, but. Just the intro. If for some reason you don't know what Logan is, because uh, I don't know how that could be possible, but who knows, right? So Logan is, as we described earlier, the new X Men film starring Hugh Jackman. It's it's a longer movie. It's uh, for, even for superhero movies. It's two hours and fifteen minutes. Comes out on March third. And here's the synopsis: In the near future, a weary Logan cares for an ailing Professor X in a hideout on the Mexican border. But Logan's attempts to hide from the world and his legacy are upended when a young mutant arrives being pursued by dark forces. This is directed by James Mangold and written by Michael Green and Scott Frank. And uh, there was a committee of other writers involved in this. It stars Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart, Daphne Keene. This is going to be totally spoiler free. So okay. no, if you're listening, don't worry. We're not going to spoil anything. You can still watch the movie and get surprised and all that. So Matt, go ahead. Yeah, and I mean, it's so hard to talk about this movie spoiler-free. I mean, my entire review was spoiler-free and somehow ended up being like 1,500 words. I, I don't know how, but um, it's just too damn good. It is all that hype that was built about it. Um, you know, you've got all these comic book writers and people who saw it like, oh, this is going to redefine comic books again. And you're like, well, how many times can these movies redefine comic books? Like Guardians of the Galaxy did it, Deadpool did it. Uh, but Logan is that next step into gritty kind of really 
dark superhero stuff that you need to see. And I mean, the character of Logan works for that. Um, he is just so overtaken by the horribleness of his life that has been the last, you know, a man that can't die and has seen the worst things. And he's forced to relive those day in and day out. You bring in this really, really morose tone almost. Um, but it just works. It works so well. You know, he is the old West kind of drunk stumbling guy that wavers in and out of consciousness because he's just so exhausted again i'm trying to stay away from certain plot points and stuff like that because i don't know how far i want to get into it um but logan is just beaten to crap at this point and he is just you know basically on his last legs in a way and the story that comes when he meets the quote-unquote young mutant uh it's one of the best comic book movies i've ever seen and i say that on the level of you know, oh, it's just a comic book movie. No, it's not. This is a beautiful film from front to start. It is just this like steely kind of untamed, raw, Wild West rebel kind of thing. Um, but then it's also this buddy comedy thing at parts with uh, Patrick Stewart and Logan, because you got Patrick Stewart as the old grandpa senile character who emits brainwaves when he has seizures so it's like really serious stuff at the same time but then you've got patrick stewart just kind of slinging jokes and telling logan f off and go help me pee and stuff like that so like you just have all these different tonalities in the film kind of mixing uh one together but i think the biggest thing for me was is this going to be an r-rated movie that uses the r-rating correct um one of my biggest fears after deadpool was are we going to now just get R-rated superhero movies that are like, oh, people like R-rated stuff. Let's just make it violent and gross and stuff like that. And I mean, Logan kicks off with a badass fight sequence where he just wakes up in the back of a stolen car and there are a bunch of gangbangers outside and it does not go well for them. There is a lot of blood. There's a lot of removed limbs. And immediately director James Mangold is like, this is going to be rated R and this is what you can expect. But again, this works for Logan. This is the character of Logan. He even makes fun of the comic books in the film because the comics are canon in this movie. The comics exist in this world. So Logan's making fun of the fact that like these superhero latex people, like latex costumes, this isn't who we are. He's like, I've seen some crap, man. Like I have seen things that no one else has seen. And I don't, you know, I don't even want to live with that anymore. Um, it's oh my god, it's just too damn good. Will, I'm gonna just throw it to you on that. I was gonna say, how much time do I got left? Yeah, sorry, I, I just start <laughs> rambling. I can't stop. But before yeah. before you talk, Will, I just I just want to know: Are you saying it's better than the Wolverine? <laughs> I I am very much saying that, and I say that as someone who thinks the Wolverine is fine. I, I wasn't in love with the Wolverine. Yeah. I, it it's, was I actually, whatever. I, I felt that was more of like a joke, and I think that wasn't delivered. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, no, maybe no. I no met, were... Maybe I should have said Wolverine Origins, and that would have made more sense. I was going to say, if you said Wolverine Origins, I would have reached the screen and slapped you. But <laughs> And uh, and, and sorry, Will. I, <laughs> you're, probably, you're waiting. Taking more Will's time on that bullshit. <laughs> there, there is one thing. There's just one thing that you said that I I wanted to just, – just curious. So you say – you said one of the best comic book films of all time – and yeah. you definitely went out of your way to say like, and not in a way that's like, oh, it's good for a comic book film. Totally, no, totally get that. What to you then, uh, what comic book films, like the best ones, does this rival for you? Um, I have a weird taste in comic book movies almost. Uh, I, like I'm just thinking of my tops and right off the bat, like for me, it's like Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Winter Soldier. I mean, honestly, I'm a huge Deadpool fan alone. So like those are really my top three. 
And to fit Logan into my top three, it immediately jumps Deadpool on the fact that Logan is just it's it's just a movie in its own right. Um, I mean, Deadpool works as a superhero film and a comedy kind of. Logan is just oh so in your face. It's just like oh so raw. I can't help it. But um, no, I think it, it's really up there, like with my one or two or three. It, it just immediately goes into the top three. All right, Will, tell us why you hate Logan. Oh, I don't oh, hate Logan. <laughs> no, I mean. I don't want to repeat anything Matt said, but I will say that this is, I think for a lot of fans, when they see this movie, this is going to be the Wolverine movie they've wanted for years. When people, like when they imagined Wolverine coming onto the screen, like I think a lot of fans in the back of their mind, they were just like, I know we're probably never going to get it, but like, what if we just got a R-rated, like slice and dice, like no, take no prisoners Wolverine movie where he just really got to be this gritty, merciless character from the comics. Like, oh, that probably never happened because, you know, comic book movies are always PG-13, yada, yada, yada. But this is, I think, a lot of fans, I, I would be surprised if a lot of, like, hardcore X-Men fans are not, like, at least taken by this movie to some degree. Because this is what they've wanted for years, I feel like. It's just a movie. It's, you know, like you say, it's morose. It's dense. It's thematically compelling. It's dark. Very, It's very bloody, too. I mean, like... If you ever were watching, I know, especially with the Wolverine, like they were like, well, it's cool. But like every time Wolverine sliced someone, it like no blood. This movie has <laughs> blood. And it's I, I mean, I was going to get into some spoiler stuff, but I mean, it's just like he is. Yeah, he's like this wounded animal at this point. And not just because he's a Wolverine. He He's just this <laughs> man who has been. Well, he's not a man. He's a mutant. But he's this guy who's been, you know, through hell and back. He is just. You know, like I am at peace with my existence. I just don't want to. I know what humanity is like. I've seen it come and go a million times. I just want to make my peace. And he kind of comes to reach his humanity. Yeah, I, I was going to get into spoilers again, but yeah, he comes to reach his humanity at this uh, kind of swan song moment in his life. And it's. I don't know if I'm quite on the same like this is Dark Knight level good because I don't know. I mean, I really. Well, yeah, I will say Matt's this. Favorite like, comic book film. So I know. No, I, I said I had weird taste. I apologize. I but... No, you're good. I'm just I was talking more uh, like other people I've talked to. A lot of people are like, oh, okay. this is like the dark night of the you know this decade. And I don't know if I'm quite on that level, but I will say that most of the time when I see superhero movies, I am done with like I see them once. and I'm just like, I've seen like I've seen it like Civil War. Good movie. But yeah. I well, after I was done, I was just like exhausted. I'm like, I don't need to see that again. This movie, I. Look- I I want March third, March third to come now because I, I like after I saw it, it's like I need to see this again because I just feel like, even though like I got a lot out of it the first time, I, I just feel like the more I see it, the more I'm just gonna really love this movie. No, and I agree with just, you too on that. Yeah, I think there's so like you just said like Civil War, and I think it's a great example where like Civil War is like a popcorn flick. Like that's something you watch sure. and it's entertaining. You're like, yeah, that's great, whatever. That was fun. Uh, I mean, the Wolverine, you're just you are gripped the entire time and i also want to say like it's not totally dark and bleak the whole two hours and 15 minutes like there is simultaneous hope at the same time in the form of x23 i mean you know again we're having so much trouble because we don't want to go into spoilers and there's still two weeks before the movie comes out so there's no reason to say some of the stuff but i mean x23 you guys are going to go crazy for this character and uh, it's just such a great introduction for a younger class in a way. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, where, you know, Logan is kind of, 
right, I'm not. I'm going to stop there. I, you know, what? I'm going to stop there because I'm going to say things that are going to reveal things. I don't want to do that. This, yeah. um, but this is great, and I, I think we definitely are going to talk more about the movie when it comes out, yeah. and we've seen, we've all seen it, and we can actually like have yeah. a spoiler section, maybe if that's what we want to do. And it sounds yeah. like this is the kind of movie where, in order to talk about like the future of maybe of X Men in general, and like what this will say about future X Men movies, I think is a good conversation for another time. But it sounds like you guys totally recommend this. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, so I, I wait. I have one question for Will, really quick. Will. Okay. W- yes or no? The last shot of the film is. I was just perfect. about to bring up the last shot. <laughs> it is perfect. Yeah, pre- I mean, it's one of those shots that I mean, without dwelling spoilers, I I could right. feel the I could feel James Mangold like kind of patting himself on the back a little bit, <laughs> like he was just like, "Oh, good job, me." But at the same time, it just. <laughs> It works, man. I mean, it's it was a like this movie is a lot of things I've wanted comic book movies to be for a while. It's risky. It's yeah. you know, it's dark. Like I said, it's dark and it's thematically it's different. It's just a different movie from what we've seen before. And it's just I I'm really excited for people to see this movie. Yeah, the the one descriptor I use of James Mangold in this, I said he kind of acted like a sympathetic hangman in a way. Like that was just his yeah. kind of. Like, <laughs> That was his kind of take on everything. And, you know, that's not like a in no no way take that as a spoiler. It was sure. just his attitude on the film. Um, and it just, it, you know, again, we don't see that very often. Usually the superheroes are the ones that are just like, they're always safe and happy and whatever. Like every, Don Cheadle's alive still, even though he fell out of the sky and like crashed down somewhere. Like, no, I mean, you know, this is one of those movies that's going to take you places. It bleeds. I mean, it's a movie that the whole movie, it just bleeds. It bleeds and we can kill it. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. It, I think, Why would you not vote Predator anywhere you can? I think based. <laughs> Sorry, go. Oh, what'd you say about Predator? <laughs> Nothing. I was quoting. Uh, if it bleeds, we can kill it. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were saying Jane Mangle should be doing Predator, but I was like, is it I was, Jane well, I was wondering. <laughs> I mean, great. You know what? At this point, let him. Oh my god, that'd be awesome. Well, I was actually going to ask you guys about uh, two things. Uh, first of all, it sounds like the only other James Mangle movie I can think of that maybe deserves as much praise would be walk the line, which is not comparable to this movie. What about, I'm, I'm not going to ask uh, you to say Yuma. which is better. I, was, uh, yeah. I didn't love 310 Yuma. I thought true grit was the better 2000s Western. I, I might be on the 310 train. I don't know. I, I, I like both of them. So I, I don't know where to stand on it, but I don't know. I feel like I have more desire to see 310 Yuma again. than I would to see the new true grit. Okay. All right. I, I disagree, but that's fine. <laughs> Aside from that, uh, I think it's clear to me that Matt, that you like this one better than any of the other X Men films. If it's beating them all out in your yes, like, top is. three, it right? Very much is. What about you? I'm Will? not even like Days of Future Past. Not a huge fan. Okay, wow. fair enough. I, I know that that's not. I'm that's a, not a super heartless. Ba- yeah, I am a cold soul. I don't know what you want from me. The X Men haters or the X Men movie haters, they exist and they have their reasons. I, I don't blame them for. It's a weird franchise. But what about you, Will? It's one... It, yeah, the X-Men franchise, you can't really make sense of. Like, if you tried to draw a straight line, you just can't because it just... <laughs> so many, you know, uh, different waggy... It just goes everywhere. But uh, I'd say, ask me again in two weeks because I'm still mulling this one over. But it's definitely in the top... <laughs> no, no, it's definitely in the top three for sure. I just don't know if it's my favorite yet just because I do like most of them. So Mine I would is, guess you know, in X2, First Class, and Days of Future Past, those are typically the top three for most people. I don't, I don't yeah, pretty much, yeah. Mouth. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and basically anything, but you X were like me, I mean, you were like me that you didn't hate Apocalypse, 
Right. I like, thought it was goofy fun. I mean, it's definitely not the best X Men movie, but no, no. I thought it was all right. I mean, it's it was what it was, and it's definitely a step down from Days of Future Past for me. But yeah, I don't know. I thought it was goofy and corny, and it knew what it was going for. But I don't know. So I can the, see why people weren't crazy about it. So then, I think guys... my apocalypse my apocalypse review is one of the like one of three positive ones on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> Matt, you just criticize everything. It's almost like you're a critic. Um, I was well, I, I gave it a positive <laughs> review. Like people were like, "What the hell is wrong with you?" I'm like, well, "It was." I, I agree with the goofy fun. I don't know. Like, see, yeah. I, I I, I'm about... actually surprised because I actually liked the film. Yeah, I I I gave it a positive. It wasn't you know yeah a fail grade three for me dudes either. three dudes I liked X Men Apocalypse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's an that is our terrible band show. name. <laughs> um, yeah, let's just do a podcast about that. That'd be an interesting <laughs> one. Just watch X Men Apocalypse once a month. Um, well, you're talking to the guy who has a Shrek podcast for once a month, which we forgot to plug last week. It ain't yeah. over till it's over. I have a there's, podcast where I, there's I watch one Shrek. for uh, Paul Blart too. Also, every year these guys get together yeah, until they uh, die. Till death do us part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, I've, it's I've listened partially, to all of them. Yeah, <laughs> really well, there's only two so far, right? Yeah. Oh, I know. I've listened to both of them in, <laughs> at nauseum. Yeah, it's a good podcast. In the same spiritual vein, you've uh, decided to watch Shrek once a month and talk about it. Well, it's definitely inspired by that podcast. I'm not going to lie. It was inspired by that podcast. (laughs) It was ripped off of that podcast, sure. No, I wouldn't (laughs) call it ripped, but yeah, it was pretty similar. So you're a masochist is what you're saying. Oh, what's that? Am I a masochist? masochist? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Not for that that reason, but sure. (laughs) For the reason that you're deliberately trying to make yourself get sick of a movie you actually really liked as a kid. Uh, I don't know. I've actually uh, listened to the podcast. Well, we can't. We can't listen to the second episode yet. So I, I'm well, just it's saying coming out, it's coming out, I think, the same week as this episode. So stay tuned. See, I just think that you're going to keep watching it month after month and it's just going to start to just wear you out. And uh, well, my goal is to break my co-host. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's Logan. Uh, what were your final grades, guys? Uh, starting with you, Matt. My grade was a four point five out of five. Wow. All right. Really high. Uh, that's a fantastic. Yep. That is quite fantastic. Yeah, fanforstic. Uh, what about you, Lashin? Uh I gave it a B plus, but I'm probably going to give it an A minus at some point, or because I, don't know, I, I do have a few criticisms, but it's definitely a really, really well made movie, and I'm looking forward to seeing it again. Cool. I'm looking forward to dissecting it and talking about those criticisms later. Uh, but for now, uh, Matt Matt has agreed to stay on with us and hang out and talk about yeah. a couple more movies. This will be fun. I got half, yeah, I got half a beer left. You know, until it's in, until it's over, I'll stay. And you know, a true cinema holic finishes his movie beer. It ain't ogre till it's ogre. <laughs> uh, How many times can I say that so I can promote it on this podcast? It's going to be like subconscious at a point where we're just saying it yeah. just so people hear it. I say it as many times as you want, as long as it makes sense. But the one time you use it and it doesn't make sense, you're banned for one episode. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't want you to get shrecked on that. So, the Great oh. Wall, starring Matt. Damon. <laughs> you go right like to the Great Wall. <laughs> that's your lead-in. That's how I. Shrek that's how I segue. <laughs> the Great Wall. Uh, what are the creatures? Uh, okay, so the Great Wall came out this weekend, and. Um, this is an adventure fantasy that is one of the most interesting like behind the scenes movies I think has come out in 2017 so far, which I guess oh, really? isn't saying too much for being a month and you know, two weeks, but 
Yeah, it, it is very interesting to me uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, beyond the uh, whitewashing, there's well, more to it? Is that what you're talking to about? Beyond, <laughs> no, not really in that vein. Beyond the whole idea of, you know, <laughs> beyond the whole idea of how this is a movie where you have a Chinese company producing it and you have mm-hmm. Western writers and a Western headliner in Matt Damon. Uh, that's very unique. And the reason I bring that up to start things off is like, I watched this movie kind of thinking to myself, this is probably the future. This is probably what movies in the next few years are really going to be like, because as globalization continues to take hold of the box office, we're going to continue to see movies that are made. We're not the center of the world anymore, basically, the US. Uh, all three of us live in the US. And so we're going to start seeing movies that are a bit experimental in how they appeal to people overseas, because we are finding out that we're making their you know movies that otherwise would have been huge failures failures like uh, Warcraft for example are hitting big in China Avatar is the highest grossing movie of all Rock time Dog. because of China Rock Dog which we're gonna it's talk a, about I can't wait it's for very, Rock Dog I saw cannot it this wait. morning wait you saw Rock Dog already yeah I saw it this oh, morning oh man I'm gonna DM you later okay. yeah I was gonna say <laughs> no, we're, no gonna talk, we're gonna talk about it next week but oh. or I'm gonna talk about it at least I don't think John's seen I, it, I don't but. think I'm gonna bother I just I can't <laughs> bring myself to do it I, I managed to get away with not seeing Norm of the North last year so as did I. <laughs> if we could do that, I think we can. That's what we have Will Hashin for. He watches the crap, so we don't have to. Oh, what a nice I, I saw. I saw the Norm of the North, and I am not the same man. <laughs> You've noticeably been a lot Rob colder Schneider since then. Ruined you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you say, Matt? Oh, I just said Rob Schneider ruined you. That's... Yeah. Well, yeah. Wouldn't be the first time. This is the synopsis for The Great Wall. European mercenaries searching for black powder become embroiled in the defense of the Great Wall of China against a horde of monstrous creatures. Directed by Zhang Yimou, uh, definitely uh, one of the best Chinese directors uh, in the business. He was director of Hero and House of Flying Daggers. This one was written, uh, as I mentioned oh, earlier. Did... Sorry? Oh, he did do that. Because uh, I was thinking about those movies during the thing. I was like, I wonder if he's actually a director of that or not but he is so i was wondering if he like had any sort of like dynasty warriors uh credit you know if you <laughs> i don't know but uh, it, like i mentioned before this was uh the writing team was western uh carlo bernard doug miro were the two main and i think there were four others tony Gilroy yeah, you got max brooks in, you got max brooks in there and like <laughs> random people it, it was definitely a committee yeah. uh and we're seeing more and more of these big action blockbusters with more than four writers coming out um, but yeah. and also, of course, Matt Damon stars in this one, along with Willem Dafoe, Jean Tian, Peter Pascal, and Andy Lau, which I was actually pretty surprised to see. I wasn't, I didn't realize he was in this one. Strategist Wang. Surprise. Yes, <laughs> which did not elicit any laughter from the audience. So that was uh, oh, I laughed. Indicative I laughed. of <laughs> yeah, our, my screening was definitely more mature than uh, your seat. But yeah, <laughs> his the name came on the screen. I like nudged my friend next to him, like hey, Strategist Wang, and like now stop. And I'm like, what's <laughs> I don't even know who you are. <laughs> They're just like, get out of here, please. <laughs> Why did you sit next to us? Uh, all right, so the Great Wall. Uh, I, I honestly, I don't know where you guys followed this one. Uh, real quick, I'll just say I thought it was aggressively mediocre, and uh, that's even with saying I don't think the white savior thing was as big of a deal as I think a lot of people expected. Uh, starting with you, Matt, what were your thoughts on Great Wall? I agree with aggressively mediocre. It was interesting because I walked out of my screening and I kind of looked at my friends and I was like, yeah, so that was like another movie. Like, whatever. That was fine. And like a few of them looked at me, they're like, no, that was actually like really fun. Like I was I had a great time with it. The action was cool, stuff like that. 
Um, and I didn't understand where they were coming from because all I saw over and over again was like, I, I don't think the whitewashing thing was a big deal. I think we made a big deal out of it beforehand because political culture and, and all, it looked it, bad where That's we are. Honest. It did. It did look bad. Absolutely. But like where we are right now in our world, like it's much everyone just wants to get outraged over something. So, of course, it's Matt Damon in a movie about the Great Wall. We're going to start an outrage over it, even though we haven't seen the film. All right, that's fine. Go on your crusade, do your thing. Uh, although I do think it was a little overdone in the sense that Matt Damon shows up and like, yeah, of course the native warriors can't handle their own mythical beasts. Like he's got to step in and just kill them all. Like it, it's fine, whatever like that. Um, it's just, you know, you mentioned the movies that Zhang Yimou has made and he's such a colorful director and he brings a lot of life to films like Hero and stuff like that. Um, Great Wall just kind of felt monotone to me. Even with these crazy kind of costumes that are like Power Rangers meets like old school China and they got different colors and stuff. Cool. They got ladies diving off the Great Wall and getting eaten. I, I really liked how they, you know, very equal opportunity deaths in this. Uh, you know, ladies, you get your chance to die just like we do. It's great. Um, but it didn't do anything for me. It really did nothing. It was just a handful of explosions and dead CGI creatures that all look the same. Um, you know, Max Brooks's influence obviously was the creatures running up the wall like something out of World War Z. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was actually I mean, thinking of that too because it's yeah, the literally, same I'm exact like, oh, shot. Oh, that's what Max Brooks did. That was the one scene he wrote. That's cool. Um, nothing. I, I got nothing here. Willem Dafoe did nothing for me. He's the sneaky, sleazy guy. Uh, I did like the bromance between Matt Damon and Pedro Pascal for no reason. Like, they were just totally in love the whole movie and there's like the whole romantic arc with Commander Lin May. Um, if you can that call nowhere, it that. Exactly. That went nowhere. Like it's just them talking about trust and culture only to like, uh, I, I don't I don't even know what they were going for. They didn't really do anything to appropriate the culture in any way. So I'm going to go aggressively mediocre. That's where I'm going to stay with it and say I am no less or better a man I've seen. I'm just going to point out that you know, I'll, there are there's some love for this movie out there. Some people who, there are, is, and who are liking it a lot more. Yeah, like all my New York friends. I don't know what the hell they were smoking before the screening, but they all liked it. I'll say personally, uh, my fiance watched this with me, and she thought it was terrible. She was offended <laughs> by this movie. Just uh, she thought it was just horrible. But she's more of a visual person. She had a lot of issues with CGI, and yeah. again with those creatures, and she just did not buy the sensibilities that this movie was going for artistically. But okay. Will Ashton, uh, you saw the great wall. I did. Please tell me you love this movie. The most, like the best movie you've seen all year, please. Uh, I'm going to have to disappoint you because I am pretty much on the exact same page as you guys are. This is the worst. Okay. <laughs> oh man. I just like this whole time I was watching this movie. I'm just like, honestly, I just feel nothing for what's going on. Like I was just avoid the whole time because I just like I mean the costumes are cool. Uh, I mean the look of it's okay. I mean I like the production design. I like some of the like uh, machinery that they had they made for the movie and the creature designs okay. I mean it's different a little bit, but I mean just like emotionally I got nothing out of this movie. Like I didn't care for the bromance. I didn't care for the relationship that you guys just mentioned. I didn't feel anything for their struggle. Like the only time, like I think I had any like reaction to the film was when they had a memorial scene for a character I won't say who, but they have this like nice shot of like all these um, lanterns flying in the sky. I was and like, the huh. music made that scene. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's a pretty beautiful scene. And then after that, I was like, hey, more mediocrity. And then 
I went home and I swear to God, like when I was driving home, I forgot what movie I saw. Like I was driving, like <laughs> I know I went to a movie, but I was like, oh yeah, I saw The Great Wall. Oh, sorry, I, was, I thought it was Fist Fight for a second. Yeah. And this is a movie like I'm always afraid to review these kind of films just because like I don't really have anything to say about it. it. Just it happened. It just felt like a blueprint of what blockbuster should be, and it just did all it was supposed to do. It didn't really have much influence from a director or anybody. It just felt like a studio had these checkpoints and they filled those checkpoints and everyone high-fived each other because they made a movie and then we saw it and uh, my life has not been affected by it. Hmm. Yeah, it sounds like then the only thing I sort of disagree with you both on in this is that I definitely am more fascinated apparently by this movie than you guys are. I'm I'm not fascinated by like the film itself. but It sounds like... It sounds like seasons. you have more dirt on the film than we do. So do you have? Do you know something about the film that we don't? You're talking about these backstory things, and like I barely even knew the movie was coming out. So I don't. I don't know what the hell you were watching, but otherwise. Well, you know, I follow a lot of social justice warriors on Twitter, and uh, ah, no, yes. I mean, okay. no, I I just was interested mainly because, uh, as some people, some people listening might know, I am not a Matt Damon fan in action movies. I I love him in Goodwill Hunting. I thought he was, you know, pretty good in the Oceans movies and, you know, I, I can't even, you know, like The Martian was fine, right? I, I liked that movie. I thought it was pretty good. I cannot buy him as an action star, starting with Jason Bourne. Maybe it's because I grew up Pierce Brosnan, Goldeneye. That is just not my spy movie. And I, I just, I, I get it. He's well-liked by a lot of people because of the Bourne movies. And we've seen him in a lot of action movies since. I think of, uh, was it Green Zone and... Uh, Elysium and I honestly if someone can tell me a single good action movie the guy has been in aside from the first two maybe three Bourne movies I'll be shocked I'll be like, uh, I'm sorry I'll apologize uh, right now do, You'll do probably... we, are, are we allowed to do Saving Private Ryan <laughs> see okay he wasn't an action star in that he barely did anything True. okay right, All right. Fair, fair. he was a prop he, <laughs> it wasn't he got really old on screen for that one shot that <laughs> yeah, exactly that was, that was an action shot uh, uh but no, and but I mean, you I, see the difference. Like he he didn't headline that movie. Yeah, I, guess. No, I, I, I agree with you. Yes, I agree. The only thing is, I do like the Adjustment Bureau, but I know I'm kind of in the minority on that one. So even that one, I wouldn't say is the same sort of vein. I mean, yeah, he's action, not like, but it's not. He's not doing like karate chops or anything, but it does have a thriller action movie kind of. And he outlined. has a personality in that movie, but I think sure. what the Great Wall suffers from the most for me, and look, I can get behind a lot of the things in this movie that are like, you know, the set pieces and the weapons that they do that are actually pretty cool to look at. And, you know, you can definitely tell it's a Chinese movie and it's it's great to see a foreign film with a really big budget because we don't get enough of those. But just to, for the whole thing to be headlined by a guy who's broody and he doesn't emote and he just his accents all over the place. I think. You yeah. Know, what was that accent? Actually, that can we bring that up? What was, accent was he doing? I think he was supposed like, to be Spanish. No, I thought Irish. I thought it was Irish. Yeah, I thought it was Spanish. I think it's way Pedro waver- Pascal was doing the whole like that. He was the Spanish guy. And well, well, yeah. Okay, I, hold on. He was a Spaniard saying amigo. I don't know what he was supposed to be. Yeah, <laughs> that, <laughs> it's like they didn't know how to do other cultures, and they were like, "Well, we got the Great Wall, but like, what else can we just mix in here?" Like, I don't know. I just. <laughs> I, I think that accent was just a weird mix. I don't think he had good direction on it uh, because, and, and I don't want to say anything bad about Jang Yimou because I don't, I just don't think if you're going to, I think they were banking on Damon directing himself 
And I just think really? we give the guy a little bit too much credit, maybe. I don't know. I, I think these collaborations between West and East need to continue because I think that we could get something actually special from them, but this isn't a good sign. And uh, well, that's kind of what I will I'm say, thinking. and this probably is not going to go anywhere, but I do think maybe he was trying, because there's one scene where he talks about going like to different parts of the world and like how he traveled. Is he, was that supposed to be like how he kind of adapted each one that he had like this kind of mixed accent? I mean, uh, that's you like tell me, well, like how how much does your accent, you know, change? I mean, I don't know. I've been all over the country. I know. Like, like I said, that's a very loose. It's uh, a very weird. I, well, they don't explain it too, and I, I guess they didn't do it because they probably didn't want to be accused of lamp lampshading, right? They don't want to draw attention right. to it. But sure. at the same time, I just think that how hard is it, Matt Damon, to just? I, I would have been fine with an American accent or just something. I don't know. Something consistent is all I think people really care about. Like you weren't trying half the time anyway. Why put in the effort to do an accent? Sure. Yeah. If it's going to be distracting and just take you away from the film, just be an American, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you guys already spoke a lot to, I think, the plot and, you know, it, some of the misgivings there. I, I think, though, the reason that it kind of sounds like we're ripping it a new one, right? And, but we're all, none of us are saying it's like a, an F movie, right? No. Because no, it, it was, I mean, we're just very indifferent on it. But, like, I, that's almost more infuriating where it's like, if you're going to fail, just fail really hard. Just go for it and just face plant. Like, the Great Wall is just kind of like, all right, let's see how many extras we can get on camera and let's kill some things. Like, like you like you said, you checked all the boxes, you've done everything quote unquote correct. It just means absolutely nothing because there's no like passion or anything to it. Like, it's just this grayish movie where people and things die. Like the yeah. only color in the film to me was when they're running up that one tower and you see all the stained glass and like, that's a beautiful shot when you see all the colors pouring in and like going on Damon and whatever, like that's fine. That what was if, two minutes worth of color in the whole film. That one room was very yellow. I will say that. that there was a lot of yellow in that other room. That's a good point. <laughs> I forgot the, the yellow room was that was straight out of like curse of the yellow or what was that movie? Curse of uh, something, something, something flower. I forget what it's called. Something with a yellow room. <laughs> yeah, it's had a very yellow room. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. That, I love that movie. That's, that's a lot of yellow. That's yeah. great. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, it's, it's just not. I don't know. I, I agree with the fact that like we're ripping in a new one, but I, I think it is because it's like this could have been something so much better. And you see exactly. potential, and you see all these big action sets, but at the same time, it's just some like. You know, it's like Lord of the Rings meets World War Z meets, I don't know, anything with a freaking wall. I don't know. I'm sort of yeah. looking at this movie as kind of like a girl who sort of sees a dude who's bad for her. Like, I want to fix it because <laughs> there are so many things here. Like, for, for maybe it can work. Yeah, maybe, maybe you know, I, I just got you know, just got to try harder, maybe. And uh, I don't know. I, I just see I see what could have been an interesting film, an interesting union of these philosophies. Because one of the reasons it, it one of the reasons it's not really a white savior movie is because he doesn't really save them. He sort of shows up and he sucks at like yeah. You know, basically, he embraces their philosophies, and his story arc is becoming. He doesn't one of suck them. though. He the first thing he does is save the cook, <laughs> the little scared little cook. Guy. I mean, I mean, sucks is in like he's dirty. He only looks out for himself. Oh, like okay. he has skill, sure, but like yeah. you know, their whole thing is like anti individual and like. You know, right. it's, it's a very Chinese thing. It's about the collective. It's about teamwork. Right. And sort of his story arc is changing into that. And there's no doubt that that's what the movie is trying to do with him. And in the end, it's teamwork that, you know, is how everything maybe sort of like comes together. And I, 
I think there's something interesting about that there. I just don't think they get there very well. And also, like, I think that there's something kind of cool about the concept of, like, these chaotic creatures, like, swarming, like, organized militaries and, like, the clash between those two visual styles. That's what I came to this movie to see. I just couldn't be interested in it because I think you guys have already hit it. Like, I could not care less about pretty much any of the characters. And that's just that's too much. Yeah, I mean, last thing for me, well, I mean, number one, yes, teamwork does make the dream work. I get that. But like there was no I didn't even get the backstory to me was BS as well. Like, oh, there's these things that attack us every 60 years and we know they're coming, but we can't stop them. And they just keep eating until they stop eating. Like I I didn't get most of that backstory. Like, all right, like some dude effed up and these things now come out of the mountain every 60 years. Like, I, I don't know. Just let them eat everything. I don't, I don't know. Like they'll go away eventually. Right, right. And meteors, obviously. Right, meteors, ancient China. It's this. This is the legend you didn't hear about because it didn't happen. So you can at least be like vibrant about what you're doing. I don't know. All right. Well, I guess that's good to jump into final thoughts and grades. Uh, for me, yep, this yep. one was a C, uh, right there in the middle. Uh, I, I don't think it was offensively bad or anything. I think that it could have been really good. And there, there were cool things. I think that people will point out the costumes were really cool. It's just a shame that people just sort of stand around and not really do anything in them for a lot of the time and it's an unconventional movie i'll give it that but it yeah it doesn't really do much more uh what about you will yeah same see i mean it's not incompetent but it's not smart either it just it's too much in the middle for its own good like it can't really be like wow that's really bad and it can't be wow that was actually pretty good it just is like let's just settle for pure mediocrity and people will pay us money we hope and we'll leave and I just felt really nothing about it. All right. And yeah, uh, Matt? I, yeah, I'm in the same boat at 2.5, which is basically right in the middle. Uh, about a C. I gave it that just for that one really cool scene where it's like the creatures are climbing up the wall and they're getting chopped in half by these giant scissors. And I'm like, yeah, all right, screw it. That's cool. Well, I, you know, I, and originally when I set out to do this show, Cinemaholics, I was like, we're going to disagree every week and no one's ever going to have the same grade. Defied that pretty early on um, with a, <laughs> a flush. Uh, so that's fun. But I'm actually really, I'm really optimistic for our last review and how we're going to be closing out the show with this next movie called Fist Fight, which I'm really looking forward to talking about because. I don't know. I, I, we'll get to it. But basically, this is a, a comedy. We're, we're going from the fantastic, you know, Asian myth movie with Matt Damon into the uh, equally mythic, if you want to like consider its absurd realities, comedy film about two teachers who decide to get into a fistfight. It's only an hour and a half long. Came out this weekend. Hard R, unlike Great Wall, but uh, definitely like Logan. And this one is about, uh, here's a synopsis. When one school teacher gets the other one fired, he is challenged to an after-school fight. It's the last day of school, and amid all of the, uh, the pranks and such, uh, this one character tries to weasel out of getting into this 3 p.m. appointment. If that sounds a lot like that 80s movie, uh, what was it called? The uh, High 3 p.m.? 3 o'clock high? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, that's, if it sounds a lot like that, you're on the right track. Uh, it, it's a remake, essentially. <laughs> it, it is. It is an unofficial remake, uh, but it has the teachers uh, instead of uh, one student who has to stand up for himself. Directed by Richie Keene and uh, written by Van Robichaud and Evan Susser, and starring Ice Cube, Charlie Day, Tracy Morgan, Jillian Bell, and Christina Hendricks. For some reason, uh, this is Fist Fight, and uh, I I don't know who to start with. I'm I'm gonna continue this along with Matt since you are our guest. 
Yeah, so I was pretty indifferent about this one in the same way I was indifferent about The Great Wall. Uh, it just really didn't do much for me. And I also want to give Max Greenfield his writing credit on this one uh, because we don't want to forget that he contributed to this in some way. I don't know what way. But um, no, I mean, the whole thing for me is Ice Cube kills his role. He was so perfect for the, you know, militant kind of beat your ass teacher in this high school where there is just it's basically the high school itself is like the wild west there is no law the kids can do whatever the hell they want um but what's funny to me is the teachers are like oh yeah like this is the worst year for senior pranks because apparently this is like senior prank day so all this bad stuff is happening at the same time and all the teachers are like they've i've never seen the kids like this i didn't see any pranks that were really that horrible like they put some pornography in the open and like put a bat that was autographed in they a had a horse can. On they meth running through the, the yeah, hallways. I, I guess that's no like kind of a step deal, up. It's like, yeah, but like, come on. I don't know where you guys went to high school, but that shit's like common yeah. day. I don't know. But like for an R-rated movie. It's not common day. It's Charlie Day. Oh, oh. now I'm thinking of common dressed like Charlie Day. But that's a different okay. story. That's how a different does, podcast. How do you dress was, like Charlie you, Day? Yeah, I, was gonna say, I don't know. I'm just like, rambling at this like point. Like Charlie from Always Sunny? Hopefully. Yeah, sure. Like, like common playing the janitor. I think that would be a spinoff somewhere. Anyway, distraction. Okay, back on fist fight. Yes, didn't really land a lot of the jokes with me. It's just the same kind of repetitive, you know, phallic joke humor where every punchline has to do with a dick, whether it's a dry erase board or a lawnmower carving one into a field or just some kid masturbating. Like, that's everything that goes on at this high school. That's all you're getting in this movie. Um, and I think it just really kind of carries the trend of mainstream comedies in a way where you see stuff like the Vacation remake and all these other mainstream comedies that are coming out. And no one's really trying to go above and beyond uh, immature humor anymore. I, I don't know if that's because the, the attention spans of audiences are lower or stuff. Like, I, I don't know. But I don't see a lot of ambition in comedies anymore. Yeah, so like final kind of thoughts on it are just like it's a concept that works. It's a, or it's a concept that should work. Uh, Ice Cube is perfect for the role. He brings the whole thuggish nature. Um, it's kind of he's going through his own kind of cinematic backlog where, you know, there's like a Three Kings reference. He's F the police. Like it, this is Ice Cube just like winking at the audience over and over again. Uh, but Charlie Day didn't do it for me. It's just the typecasted role. He's born to just wallow in at this point and i don't know it's you'll get your laughs but also walk away feeling like nothing happened i don't know that that's my take on it will i don't know about you yeah so yeah i'm pretty much on the same page as you in the sense that i don't know like i feel like we're in this age where people substitute swearing for punchlines yeah and i feel like and i feel like if everyone swears then no one swears because if everyone is swearing, there's no shock factor. I, I learned that no from perp- Jake Gyllenhaal in Demolition. You know. Oh yeah, that's right. That's yeah. it's a uh, mixed bag movie, but that's a really good scene in that movie because, like, yeah, exactly. Because like, if you just swear consistently, there's like from the first like word onward, it just doesn't have any power. And like even Logan, which I thought was a really good film, had that problem for me sometimes, where it's just like. Okay, like, yeah, anyone could say the F word. That doesn't make you unique or special or funny. Like, it's just, like, you have to use it purposefully. And this movie just used that as just an excuse, just to do whatever they could felt like saying, and just they would swear 
nonstop and it just it's yeah it's just really tiresome to me just because i just got nothing like joke wise like except for a few good like i i thought the aforementioned horse thing was kind of funny just for how bizarre and was uh and you know i like tracy morgan it's good to see him again you know especially after the accident stuff and i'm glad that his comedic timing is still just as sharp as ever uh and i don't know just i was thinking a lot about the movie or the show uh vice principles did anyone did either <laughs> of you watch that yeah not all of it but yeah bits and pieces okay because that to me that show like starts off kind of rocky in the same way that fistfight is rocky because it's kind of the same concept like you're watching vice principles just swear a bunch and they're they have this little rivalry growing but that show really went into something really thematically dark and it just it went in this odd compelling uh character study angle that this movie does not have at all it's just a flat loud broad comedy that everyone is you just know what you're gonna get from the first moment on where it doesn't really impress you or surprise you it's just like it's just another studio comedy to me it is definitely not surprising but i'm, I'm just gonna say it is not a good movie it's not technically a good movie but I'm going to differ a little bit because I actually – I had a really good time watching this one. And I, I think, I think Will, you suspected this would happen because I was, I was letting you know, like, oh, you know, I, I really think the trailer is kind of funny. And there's something about it, even though I know – again, though, I, I'm not going to say that it's necessarily a good movie. I think that a lot of the problems you guys have pointed out, they're all valid. I don't disagree with any of them. I would add to some of these problems. Uh, I, I think uh, – one thing that I'm really getting sick of is this trope of like this supporting character who, you know, just like yells a lot and then is like, hey, drugs, you know, I, it, it, you know what I'm talking about? Like that same sort of like beat of it's just like every movie these days is sort of like if it's not like a bunch of like genitalia jokes in a row. Uh, I think Superbad is probably responsible for that. Uh, then it's something to do with like, whoa, teachers and high school and drugs. Ever thought of that before? You know, so originality yes. is not this movie's thing but i did laugh a lot during the movie not a lot I, i'd say that a lot of the jokes are pretty bad i think the movie also suffers from way too much improvisation i, I think that they rely too heavily on just putting the actors in a room and being like well it worked for you know will ferrell so you guys can do this too i mean maybe with the exception of uh dean norris who i actually I, between him and ice cube I, I want to see that movie where it's just them, to be totally honest with you. I, I thought they, <laughs> yeah. they were in their element, both of them. I, I think Ice Cube, I do see, I do see the complaints you guys have pointed out as a bit, like the winking was a bit, you know, like, okay, you're at this Today point, was a good day. You're just referencing like <laughs> yeah, exactly. other, you're just referencing other movies that were probably a bit better. But I mean, it's, if we're comparing, if we're talking about Ice Cube movies, this one I'd say is much better than something like Are We There Yet sequel or something like that. I don't think a well, lot of I people also don't think you can compare those. I, I mean, he, like he's going for a kid, like a kids movie on that one. Fair like, enough. He's not, fair enough. Kinda, but you know, like, this like, one he's going like, hard into the R-rated. I'm gonna beat the hell out of somebody. But if you're talking about the same audience of like Ice Cube fans, then uh, I mean, okay, are, so, are, are we really point. talking about the same audience of Are We There Yet and Fight <laughs> yeah. Fist Fight? Is, I think I a just... lot. Okay, I would say a lot of people, <laughs> myself included, only watched Are We There Yet because Ice Cube was in it, and because Can... you know I was growing up and I was like, yeah, NWA, yeah, yeah. I just gotta say, how <laughs> that weird that was is your life? <laughs> how weird is it that the guy behind At the Police and No Vaseline has ever been the lead of two kid films? Like, isn't that weird? Uh, I mean, Full House, Bob Saget was the dirtiest. Well, I feel like idiot. George Carlin on Thomas the Tank Engine. I, I mean, right, I feel well, like that's not. George, yeah, that, I, I forget about George Carlin being on Tank. That's a, that's a good point. 
And you know, <laughs> my life was shaped by George Carlin, actually, on Thomas the Tank Engine. So like, no, I no, no, I, I just forgot about it. That's oh no, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can hear it in your voice. Wow. Uh, okay. I, I'm not going to have any misgivings and say that this this movie works all the time. I do think it has some actually genuinely good bits. Uh, I really enjoyed the... Uh, there's a scene that pays off the the talent show subplot that happens. Oh, yeah. And that one had me just... It, it, it had me. You know, I, I watched it and I just let myself enjoy it for what it was. It's one of those movies. I, I've heard a lot of this, like Charlie Day, you're a supporting character, not a leading man. And for some reason, I'm not seeing that same thing. I, I sort of was like, I, I was with him. I didn't like him as a character, to be totally honest. I think that was a problem with the writing. I think that uh, there were too many situations where I was thinking to myself, Ben Stiller did this better. Right. The sort of like, yeah. oh, what do you, oh, man, like, this is bad thing is happening. It shouldn't be. This doesn't make any sense. Uh, but I think he puts a good effort. I think that uh, he has that stage presence. I think the third act where he sort of, uh, he undergoes a bit of a change in his personality. I was rooting for him at that point and I was fully on board. And the titular fist fight, I kid you not, I really, really enjoyed it. It might go down as uh, one of my favorite movie moments of this. Uh, winterish season so hmm. i thought it was pretty funny uh i would recommend it to just people who like the trailer if you like the trailer and you're not sort of like oh here we go again i think you probably will like this one yeah i think i agree with that and i think the, like the mediation scene in the un the model un room like i like that just for the sense of you have jillian bell like doing her jillian bell thing where she's awkward and trying to bang high schoolers yeah that was her arc that was weird was, but um yeah. <laughs> that was kind of like i don't know why she's aggra- like and they really pushed it hard it wasn't like a passing thing like right. no she aggressively tried to sleep with high schoolers the whole freaking movie but uh, no the mediation scene where she's trying to like get ice and charlie day to like come to terms i, I kind of like that because you know charlie sits behind israel ice sits behind iran They're like oh do you want to change that he grabs north korea like i, I like that scene it, it tickled uh, but, me as well. Yeah, but the, the thing with Day for me is, I agree. I think he is a leading man. I don't think he has to be supporting. But so many scenes in this film, like what, what were with his awkward stammering, like he would just do this thing where he'd repeat the same word until like the that's camera the just improv, looked away. Yeah. And I, I was I think just that's like the victim here is that they were trying to do an improv thing and let him like riff off of the other actors and yeah. uh, no. It was just a weird mix of his character on It's Always Sunny and his character in Pacific Rim, where he's the nerdy scientist. Like, you mix them together and you get this weird teacher. I it, I like Charlie Day. The, I, I agree with the writing. I think the writing was not right for any of it. But I do appreciate what it was going for. I think that it was trying to, like, do something with this idea of, like, uh, and I won't spoil it, but basically you think the fight is about one thing and it turns out it's about something else. And it's sort of set up and it's not a big surprise or anything. And I'm not saying it's some sort of like narrative flourish for the ages, but I don't know. I, I kind of walked away from it being like, ah, oh, that's kind of interesting how that movie turned out. And, you know, it wasn't very surprising, but I kind of, you know, I mostly bought it. I think, I think part of, part of the problem with this one is they didn't, they maybe made the movie a bit too absurd for the most part in order for it to make a sense that this guy can't get out of this situation, they had to make the world that these characters live in so ridiculous that it was probably, I think hard for a lot of people to be on board with it as a movie. So 
It's about the best I can do to defend it. Final grades, uh, unless you had anything to add, Will? Not really. I mean, I do agree that I was just going to say that with Charlie Day as a lead, I mean, if you don't think he is a good lead, I would suggest, I, would, I mean, some of my favorite Always Sunny episodes are when he's at the forefront. Like Charlie Work is a really good example of how he can lead an episode and just be, you know, like a pretty compelling lead character. But yeah, I just, yeah, it, I pretty much agree with everything you guys said at this point. So, you know, I, I saw Charlie Day at the uh, the aquarium a few months ago. You told Every time yeah. I bring up Charlie Day, you bring up this story. <laughs> well, I'm telling Matt because he doesn't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I am impressed and bewildered. It's like it's like your Shrek podcast, Will. It's got to get brought yes. up somehow, right? It ain't uh, ogre till it's ogre. <laughs> All right, fine. Oh. oh. Um, no, yeah, I did. I, I was at the uh, the Penguins, and I looked up, and he was wearing like a cap. He was doing the Captain America thing where like, oh, cap and sunglasses, fooled me. Uh, except he didn't wear sunglasses. And at first I was kind of like, yeah, that guy kind of looks like Charlie Day. But then I saw the girl next to him was the waitress. There was no doubt. So I was like, oh, that's definitely Charlie Day because he's married <laughs> to the waitress in real life. Yeah, exactly. It was cool. They, yeah, they were hanging out with their kid. And uh, yeah, I kind of just like waved a little bit and got them on video and then creeped away. <laughs> I was gonna say, got them to wave. Wait, you waved at them or got them to wave? I I waved at them. They did not wave. His brother showed. No, up. I think he was the most. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think they would wave at you. And <laughs> no, that doesn't sound like a great interaction. That doesn't. It wasn't my my brightest moment in uh, social circles. But you know, I went for it. Uh, so final grades. <laughs> um, yeah. Another brilliant lead. So the time I creepily found Charlie Day. All right, final impressions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Everyone forget segment. about my weird story. <laughs> Let's not even comment on it. Matt, what are, what's your final grade for? Uh, I five? stuck with another like 2.5 out of 5, so like a C, uh, because Christina Hendricks uh, playing crazy hot in any movie gets a 2.5, and there was nothing else that I liked about it. There was nothing even else that Santa she too? did. <laughs> what was that, Will? I said even Bad Santa too. Oh, good point. You're right. All right. Not everything, but this was way better than Bad Santa 2. That was uh, bad. Bad Santa 2 was bad. That was a bad Santa. At least it was two. honest. Uh, Will, what about you? What was your final grade for this fight? Yeah, I'm about to see as well. I mean, just it, it's a movie that I mean, I maybe got a little more reaction out of it than The Great Wall just because I, I think I felt more inspired by the fact that they use swearing as just the only alternative for jokes. But other than that, yeah, just it's pretty much just a bland studio comedy for me that has the same issues that a lot of studio comedies have for me these days. So, well, you know, unfortunately, this wasn't the great debate that I was hoping for because uh, <laughs> C plus. OK. All right. Just take that and uh, deal with it. I, uh, guess. I thought you were going to do a B minus. You know, it, it's a C plus because for OK. I did enjoy it. I think that the likelihood of somebody enjoying it is not very high. Uh, even if you are a big fan of this genre, I, I do think it has some, a lot of these problems. And I think that, you know, for hardcore comedy fans, I think they're going to find something to like here, especially if they like a lot of movies like this. But as like a genre as a whole, I, I don't think it's going to work for most people. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to. Oh, wait, are you grading for like yourself or like for the audience in mind? For the audience in mind. Yeah, okay. Where would you land? Though? Like if you for yourself, are you still a C plus or would you say a B? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I haven't come up with a really effective way to like grade on that kind don't, of scale. 
Don't avoid the question. <laughs> Maybe I would probably bump it up a little bit more, but even then, I don't really. I don't know. I, I don't really grade in a personal way. I, sure. I, you know, I know it's all subjective. Fair enough. But Fair enough. I just wasn't sure. We all have to draw a line somewhere. Maybe it is a B minus for me on that way. I think the, the theme of the podcast should be uh, everyone go see a cure for wellness instead of everything else that <laughs> yeah. comes out this week. <laughs> we, did, we did get to talk about that a little bit last week. That movie. I know. Getting, I, I was gonna say I listened to it. Yeah, that movie's getting bad reviews, but I don't agree with a lot of them. It's also supposed to not do great at the box office, which kind of sucks because I really want people to turn out for a cure for wellness. Because if you do, we will get equally awesome, ambitious movies of this nature. Mm-hmm. Well, and on top of that, uh, you know, none of the movies coming out this weekend are doing re- well at all no, uh, domestically. That's, that's true. Uh, yeah, yeah. Great Wall and Fist Fight are crumbling. I think is the the last headline I saw. But, oh, yeah, yeah. Very creative. But so, Great Wall is crumbling. Fist Fall or Fist Fight is pummeling. Uh, is I thought I thought for a second you said pummeling. So I was like, is, wait, what? Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm tired of this. That... <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly a fist fight for first yeah. place. No, uh, uh, it's a knockout. Oh, oh, oh. landing soft comedic blows. Oh. Uh, on that note, uh, the Great Wall was not that great. Oh. Oh, Will Ashton, 2017. Um, that'll do it for this episode of Cinemaholics. Uh, with that, on that whimpering note, yeah, we'll see you guys again next week. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember what we're going to be talking. I think we're going to be talking about Get Out. The uh, that's the movie from uh, it's Key or Peel who did that one? No, Jordan Peel. That'd be Jordan Peel. Yeah. So uh, that movie's coming out. We're going to talk about it. And don't forget that you can check out this podcast on YouTube, iTunes, uh, wherever podcasts are sold, and uh, all of our stuff. If you want to find us on Twitter, go to uh, basically go to like the links that we talked about in the show. That's going to be in the show notes as well. And uh, don't forget to share Cinema Hawks with all of your friends who don't identify as fans or film critics uh independently if you have somebody who wants to be a cinemaholic reach out and send this podcast as a nice little what what a better way to say happy late valentine's day than linking to a podcast happy president's day <laughs> yeah there you go um, uh, is that, it president's day on monday it is it, it is it you're right is. yeah um, God bless America. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Donato, thanks for for coming on the show and hanging out. With yeah, us. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really pleasure, fun, man. Um, Sorry, thanks, thanks for letting me ruin this. This is great. <laughs> well, it looks like we basically agreed on everything, so that was actually, uh, yeah, very, you know, it was nice. Well, if you ever let me peaceful. be back, I'll be sure to be a cantankerous, grumpy person <laughs> that does not like anything. So I'll wait for I the mean, first would... review that I read from you. That is just I cannot deal with. Listen, man, Collide and Rock Dog come out next week, so we got a lot to talk about. Rock Dog. You know, like, there's this movie with Nicholas Holt and Anthony Hopkins coming out next week, right? <laughs> Called Collide. I literally told I th- Will about it, and he was like, wait, what? <laughs> it's a real movie. I it's think my good. reaction was, what the hell is that? Yeah, exactly. that's about a fair reaction. <laughs> and literally, my reaction while watching the trailer is, that I, at what least three is trailers? <laughs> like, it, it is such a quick, like, oh, it's a rom-com. Oh, it's like an action movie. Oh, it's like a heist movie. It, it just, it's all over the place. It's a collision of genres. Oh. <laughs> it ain't ogre till it's ogre. There it is. Yeah. That's the perfect Yay. Right All right. promotion. That's how we end. Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys again next week from the Internet California. I'm John Agroni. 
From the internet Pennsylvania, I am Will. And from the internet in New York City, I'm Matt Donato. See you guys next time.